Welcome today to the podcast. We're glad that you're taking the time out of your day to join us. And uh, we appreciate all of you who listen. I hope that the things that we share here on Tetelestai are a blessing to you. We hope that they are an encouragement to you, you know, in your walk with God. One of the things that we find throughout the scripture, not just in what we call the New Testament, is a lot about grace, the grace of God, the love of God. We hear a lot about the goodness of God, and we see it manifested in so many ways in all of those places. We see it primarily epitomized in the act of redemption, not just at the cross, but in God himself becoming human flesh, becoming one of us identifying himself with us, experiencing life in this world, then, of course, dying the cruel and shameful death that he died on the cross, and then, of course, being resurrected from the dead, ascending to heaven, and now is ruling and reigning over all things. We learn throughout Scripture that this God, this Christ, this Spirit, is full of compassion mercy, love, kindness, goodness, and grace. And we who follow him are to be his representatives in the world. We are part of the body of Christ. Christ is the head of the church. The church, the body of Christ, is to give living expression in the world as to who Jesus is and what Jesus is like. Therefore, when people encounter believers, when they encounter the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, when they walk into a gathering of followers of Christ, they ought to experience a group of people who like their Lord and their God, are full of grace, compassion, mercy, love, goodness, kindness. I mean, all of those things. We need to be giving expression, tangible expression, not just mental assent or mental agreement to, or even just simply a verbal or written agreement to the fact that we believe in these things, but we need to be giving a tangible, physical expression of those characteristics to everyone we encounter, and all who encounter us should walk away from having been in our presence or worshiping with us, acknowledging that they have experienced this grace, love, goodness, kindness, and all of those things that God is filled with, and that God is in himself. And yet, tragically, that's not true. You know, the church should be a place where people who have sinned and sinned greatly ought to be able to feel that they can run to swiftly and find the help, love, unconditional love and acceptance that they desperately need for their healing and their restoration. And yet, many people are not running 
to the church. They're running away from it. People within the church today who are experiencing problems, difficulties, heartaches, um, and who many times have a terrible fall, are quickly ostracized, are quickly removed, are quickly shunned by believers rather than being cared for or loved by them and helped by them. You know, it says I heard someone recently say that, you know, the church is, is the one place that if you fall, and if you fall badly, and and generally we know what we're talking about when we talk about fall. You know, people fall into addictive behaviors and they get caught. It might be alcoholism. It might be pornography, infidelity. Um, there are any number of things, drugs, um, that that men, women fall into. And when they do, and it becomes exposed in the church, the church, tragically, in many places, will shoot you, take you out back afterwards, and beat the living crap out of you, and then hang you publicly out in front of all. Rather than embracing, rather than taking a gentle and humble approach to the one who is in pain and seeking to restore them in love, putting yourself in their place, in their position, and walking with them through their valleys, through their darkness, through their shame, through their disgrace, through their agony, through their pain, and helping them find redemption in the midst of their suffering, in the midst of their hardship. We need to be conduits of the grace of God. And yet today, especially in the West, and I'll just simply you know, refer to in, in the United States of America, there are more people right now who have left the church, walked away from it because of them not experiencing the grace and the love and the acceptance that in theory, whether in writing or in theological thought or in you know uh, some sort of a statement of declaration of faith they've made, they are not practicing this grace, but rather they are doing the complete opposite. Many people have walked away, and our society is filled with tens of thousands of people who have done that. A lot of hurt has been experienced and pain experienced in the church, and sometimes that goes from one generation to the next. The people don't forget, and they really don't. You can go into a community uh, in, a, in a local community and begin to ask people questions if the church has been there for any length of time. And the majority of the time, you're not going to hear good stories. You're going to hear about all the problems. You're going to hear about all the negative. You're going to be hear about all the hypocrisy. You're going to hear about how they've hurt somebody in their family, how they treated them, maybe when they fell, maybe when they had struggling with particular sins. And, and you'll hear those stories and and Many times, churches who have been in communities for any length of time have a very, very poor reputation and not certainly a good representation of the Lord Jesus Christ. As a pastor, I had children growing up in the church, and I can tell you it has been a struggle for my own children to even want to be a part of a fellowship of believers. Not because, you know, they hate God, not because they don't like Jesus or don't love him, 
but because of what they have experienced at the hands of quote-unquote Christians and what they have seen in the past of how I or my wife were treated by people who called themselves Christians, church leaders, others within the body of Christ, the gossiping that they've heard when they've been standing by a water cooler and someone standing around the corner running their mouth uh, in a very negative, critical light about either me or my wife or someone else that they knew. But they've seen the hypocrisy. They've seen the pain. They've seen the grief. They've, they've seen the hurt that the church has caused in many cases to individuals. And quite honestly, this is not a reflection on Jesus because this is not Jesus' attitude. Did you ever notice in Scripture people who were sinners? And you know by sinner in the New Testament, we're talking about irreligious people who, who could care less about God, care less about any of those things. Run to Jesus. They, they crowd to him. They run to him. They, they go to his feet. They fall down. They worship him. They, they want to be around him. They want to be around this Messiah. They're attracted to him. There's something beautiful about his life. And yet when you look at the church, as it progressed through history, that began to be something less and less that was transpiring and taking place. People didn't want to have anything to do with the church. And now, especially today, they are, they're not attracted to Christ and his body, but tragically, they're being repelled by it, being shunned by the church. It's amazing that we in the church of Jesus Christ who acknowledge original sin, we acknowledge the depravity, the the sinfulness of the human heart, whatever you want to call it, we acknowledge it. And yet we are so shocked whenever we encounter it within our own group. And yet we say we believe it. And in the inherent propensity of us all toward evil. The church should really be, as I have heard one pastor describe it, a center of recovery masquerading as a church. That's the way it should be. We're all in recovery and we all are in the process of following Christ. We're broken. We're messed up. I I cannot tell you how many times I have spoken to a group of people, even realizing that as I'm speaking across this podcast, I'm, I'm speaking to people who may have some very dark secrets in your life. You may have some very trauma-inducing experiences in your past. You may have some addictive behaviors that you are fighting a battle with. You can't seem to get victory over. Infidelity, pornography, alcoholism, drugs, abusive behavior, abusive speech, all kinds of things that you could be struggling with. But how many times I've stood before a group of people and in speaking, having to remind myself, listen, you don't know who's hurting out here and you have no clue what they are really, really struggling with deep down on the inside. But in this place where you guys have gathered together as believers, the Spirit of God wants to be present. And through the things that I say and how other believers act, we need to be vehicles, vessels to help people recover, to help people heal, to help people be restored. People need to know that there is a safe place to fall when you fall. 
and it's called the Church of Jesus Christ. That's what it should be like. We're never going to arrive. We're all going to struggle as we go through life. We're going to have our ups. We're going to have our downs. We're going to struggle with sins. Your sins and your struggles with certain sins are going to certainly probably be different than mine. Uh, But we're all going to have battles. We're all going to have struggles. And we're going to succeed sometimes. And sometimes we're going to fall. And sometimes we are going to fall hard. And we're going to fall far. But we need to know that there is a hand of grace waiting to pick us up and restore us. You see, Jesus wants to do these things. Jesus longs to do it. But guess what? He's not physically going to come here and intervene in my life or in the life of another person who's struggling himself. He is going to do it through his body called the church. That's how it's set up. The church is to be the place of recovery. And when we talk about recovery, we're not just talking about recovery like AA or some other you know group for addictive behaviors and they do wonderful things helping people. But we're talking about recovering your original intent, the original design that God made when he created you and what he created you and who he created you and I to be. Recovering that, recovering God's ultimate intention and desire for us, becoming like the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is a lifelong process. And like I said, it is a battle. There are struggles, there's ups, there's downs, there's highs, there's lows. But the one place we need to know that we can go to be refreshed, to be restored, to be loved, to be accepted, to be embraced and helped is in the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that you found such a place. If not, I pray that God will guide you to such a place. They're hard to find. Trust me, I know. And in the midst of that place, may you be granted grace by God to find the healing, the help, the love, the goodness, and the kindness that you need. May God meet you in that particular place. And I hope that this podcast is a a vehicle and a means by which grace can be extended to you. Whenever you struggle and whenever you fall, know that there is a God who is there to pick you up, who's never going to leave you. He's never going to quit on you. He's never going to turn his back on you. There's nothing you can do to make him love you any less than he does or more than he does. You're loved with a perfect love. And even when you are going through hardship and suffering because of something you have fallen into, the suffering and the hardship that you're going through is not, not, not God punishing you. Not at all. But it may be the consequences of your actions. And sometimes those consequences can be difficult. But again, as I said several days ago, God can turn the sour into sweet the dark to light. He's committed to doing that, no matter what it is. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope that you have a great day, and I pray that the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be experienced in your heart in fullest measure.